So you're back in London town, not the United I States. Am. No. Definitely not the United States. Uh, how was PodCon? It was great. I had a great time. I bought a new bag. Did you? What? Where did you go? I went to your favorite place in the yes, world, Yes, you did. I am so unbelievably just indescribable. Hey, I think I see a uh, parental unit in this picture that we're about to talk about. Anyway, I'm extremely jealous that you got to go to the factory. I don't know what my issue is with Tom Bin bags, but I would almost go so far as to say, I'm thinking about this as we speak, I might like Tom Bin as a like brand or as a suite of products even more than I like Apple. And I mean that's, that because... That's strong. I'm saying because Apple typically delights me but there are some misses whereas i and now admittedly i've only bought i don't know six seven things from tom bin of various sizes some of which were very expensive some of which were very not but every single thing i've bought or tom bin has sent me of their own volition everything i've gotten i have adored and so i think i might even prefer tom bin to apple in a just strictly like what company is most consistently delighting me? And I think Tom Bin might be the winner. So anyway, so you went to the factory, and this is in Seattle or just outside Seattle. Is that right? It's in Seattle, yeah. Oh, God, I'm so jealous. Yeah, because they just have a store, like, cordoned off in the corner of the factory. Did you get to go on, like, a factory tour or anything or, like, walk through no, it no. all? Okay. No. There was nothing like that. We okay. just arrived. We just showed up and went to the store to mm-hmm. see what kind of goods they had on offer. And And they uh, have. I ended up walking out of an entire system when I intended to walk (laughs) in and buy nothing. Okay, so what? So obviously, I'm playing a little bit stupid here because you and I were communicating as this was happening. But uh, all kidding aside, I I didn't really get the details of the visit. I knew you were there, and I knew that you were at least considering buying some things. But but you said just a moment ago that you really weren't going to buy anything, or maybe just something small. Can you tell me a little more about what like what your agenda was? Well, I was I was just figuring, considering I was going, I would at least walk out with like a snake charmer or something, which is their like cable bag, their dongleton bag, right? Like that's kind <laughs> of what I was going for. It's the closest thing to a dongle duffel that exists. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I was going to gonna get one of those. Uh, and uh, I ended up walking out with a Synapse 25 and all of the related accoutrements that go. <laughs> and that's the backpack, is that right? Yeah, it's okay. a, it's their big backpack, um, and I really really like it. I mean, it, it is bigger than my previous backpack, which actually comes with the negative of I can put more stuff in it. If I can put more stuff in it, it gets heavier. So I'm still trying to work out the right kind of level for that. But what made me go for it was all the pockets. There's so many pockets. It's like a whole. I've got like a whole organizational system going on now. Like it's a it's pockets galore. That's tremendous, and so what happened when you were there? How, who are you with? Like, were you with people that I would know? Were you with this people is, I would I know not? this is the thing that you care the most about and like it really doesn't need to be and I think it's so cute. Uh, I went with a bunch of friends. I was there with Brian Hamilton and uh, Kathy Campbell and like people from the mm-hmm. chat room mm-hmm. and David Laura. There was a big bunch of us there and uh, we were just swinging by and i ended up walking out with the entire kit and caboodle um and i went with a the gray one it's like gray on the outside blue on the inside and like really there isn't much to in the, to say really it's just a tiny little store 
which is cordoned off in an area in their factory. It's very nice. There was a very nice guy there who was helping us out. Um, and everything was all laid out and you could like take stuff off. You could like stuff your own things in the bags to make sure it worked for you. They would get any color out of the warehouse that they had, you know, they were very helpful. Um, and I think that was definitely a part why, because I mean, I was asking you questions, you know, like, Mm. Oh, can I do this? What, what about this? What about this? And your answers were insufficient because I (laughs) asked the guy, uh, I asked the guy and he was able to give me all the answers that I needed. Well, because with sorry. your answers, like, I was asking you questions about like where the laptops go and that kind of stuff, and um, your answers didn't sell me, but his did. So that's why you don't work for Tom Bin. That's true. I evangelize as though I work for Tom Bin, but no, I do not work for Tom Bin. Well, that's super fun. I will say Tom Bin have been a previous sponsor, but I bought this with my own cash. Um, they didn't even know who I was when I was there. I just went in and bought it. That's so awesome. I am so jealous. I want to go. I, I, there are a plethora of reasons why I'd love to visit the Pacific Northwest. I've never been to Portland, never been to Seattle, never been to any of the that, that neck of the United States. And there are a ton of reasons I want to go visit. And as sad as it is, one of the bigger ones is I really want to see this little factory, which I'm sure when I go, by any reasonable measure, I'm going to look around and say, this is it? But just by yeah. virtue of the fact that it is the Tom Bin like official and only showroom, I'm sure I'll still be just mesmerized. I mean, maybe I would suggest like if you were going to go to try and get a tour of the factory, because if you just go to the store, I mean, you're not going to have the world's greatest experience. Like it's just a tiny bag mm-hmm. store, mm-hmm. you know, like there there isn't like you're not seeing people designing the bags in the bag store, sure, right? Sure. Like, And there's only so much you can see at the factory. So for you personally i would recommend that you try and see more of it because you love the company so much like it's like going to BMW. it's like going to the the campus store at, at one infinite loop right mm, it's like mm. it's just just an apple store sure sure and outside i can take a picture <laughs> right that's fair you know like if if you just go there just for that it doesn't really have the whiz bang that you're looking for Damn, that makes sense. All right, well, I, I could talk to you about this all day, but we should probably move on. So tell me tell me a little more about PodCon. So you were, I, I don't know how you want to handle this, and I, we can go several directions. Do you want to talk to me about like the things you participated in? Do you want to start with just an overview? I guess we should at least talk about what PodCon is, and maybe do you want to give an overview of kind of what, what you got out of it? I feel However, like we, we, we have established what PodCon is. It's VidCon for podcasts. It mm-hmm. was like a fan event, a creator event. You could go and you would be able to, if you were just a fan of podcasts, see some of your favorite podcasts. Um, And if you were a creator, you could go and learn some stuff. And I mean, I've spoken about PodCon now in a couple of different places, right? So I made a little YouTube video and we just spoke about it on Cortex. But there was some some specifics um, about the trip that I've been saving for this show. Excellent. um, Because this is kind of, I don't know, the place that I would talk about such things. Um, so yeah, I've been saving some stuff. I, I figured that maybe uh, I, I want, there's a couple of things that I want to talk about the events that I did. Um, and then there's kind of like a long-term follow-up-y, like my experience. Cause you know, like a lot of this was kind of me going there to also meet some people that like I really respect um, and I want to talk a bit about how that went too. But I figured I should maybe talk about the activities that I was in. And um, I did like three, three, four things. I'll talk about three of them. Panel, the creator chat, and the signing that I did. 
so the panel was great um and i'm really keen to um they're going to be sending out the audio, right? Like you can get a, a ticket, which is called remote attendance, and you can get the audio of, of the panels and the sessions and stuff. And I'm really keen to listen back to it because I was very proud of how it came out. Um, I prepared a lot for it, but not enough though, because within 15 minutes, I ran out of my pre-prepared questions. Oh no. <laughs> so then, but like by that point, I had transitioned over into Mike the interviewer mode. So I was I was good. Right, but like I was frustrated at myself because I felt like I somehow didn't prepare enough. But we just flew through them, and and something that again I should have been prepared for because I know this happens. You have like three or four questions like spread out through at what you consider to be the length of the interview. But what ends up happening is you ask one question, and then somebody accidentally stumbles into the answering a question you're going to ask later. Oh yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Right, so then I kind of ran out of everything, and it, the, the real ironic, ironic thing, ironic thing, man, I really struggled with that one. The real ironic thing about it was that um, I had started removing questions earlier on in the day because I f- thought I had too many. <laughs> Whoops! Um, and it turns out that like a one-hour panel with five, six people on it. Is, sign- is is much harder to, to plan for, I realized. But what I was able to do is, and I, you know, I'm, everybody there are, is podcasters, so like we can all, one thing we all can, all can do is have a conversation. So once I kind of ran out of that, like we'd stumbled into some really interesting um, conversations about like money and ownership um, because the panel was about podcast networks, but it was split quite nicely between people that own them and people that are on them. So then once we kind of wandered into that avenue, it was it was great. And also I uh, I had a little great moment because, again, one of the McElroy brothers, the, the guys that I'm super in love with, uh, was on the, the panel with me, uh, Justin. And I made a joke, which he was drinking water at the time, and he did this little fist pump because he loved the joke. That was Aww. pretty great. That's because awesome. they're funny, right? Like that's their thing. They are very funny. So to be able to... to to make a kind of an off-the-cuff joke that is acknowledged by somebody that you consider to be very, very funny is great. Like, that was one of my little moments. I had a little note, Casey, where I wrote down um, some of the cool things that happened. But yeah, the <laughs> the panel went great. I was very, very happy with it. Um, I got lots of compliments, and everybody that was on the panel um, seemed really happy, uh, which was great. I've never moderated before, um, and I felt like I was... Doing my like, I was doing some research, right? Like, what are what do moderators do? Because I didn't know. It's like, what does a moderator do? Like, what do they actually do? And everywhere that I was looking, one of the key things that they were saying was to make sure that everybody had equal time. So I really was focusing on like, if I had a question, I would ask it directly to somebody, not just like to the panel. So that way, if I felt like, oh, this person hasn't spoken in a while, I could ask them the question directly and kind of try and balance it out. And I also held back a lot of my own opinions about things because I was the moderator. Like, I was, I didn't want to take over. And trust me, I had a lot to say, right? Like, there, the, this this is... Podcast Networks is what I know, right? Like, I know how to run one. I've run one. I've been doing it for three years now, right? Like, I can do this. Um, we have a successful one. So I had a lot to say, but I mostly kept my opinions to myself um, unless I thought that it would help spark conversation but like i really didn't say a lot of my own stuff 
So I would like to one day be on a panel just like this one where I could talk about all my own opinions. Um, so yeah, it was, but yeah, it was, it, it went really well. I was super, super happy with it. And uh, that was a great start. That was the first thing. It was a great start. So you hadn't met Justin McElroy at this point up until the panel, or was there like a green room where you could at least introduce yourself? There was and... a green room. Like okay. we all got to introduce ourselves. Like one of the great things about PodCon is how incredibly well organized it is. Like there is this green room area where you hang out and all the other um, invited people are there. Uh, I could have had a plus one, but decided not to do that because I wanted to kind of throw myself into it, right? Um, and try and talk to people and stuff. Um, and then before any of the events, somebody would come and round up whoever was on there and they would take you there. And then when you were done, they would have security to take you back, which was always kind of like a funny thing to me. Um, but for some of the people that were there, it was needed, right? Because they couldn't walk through the expo halls without being basically mobbed. It was wow. definitely like if I walked around, um, I would get people stopping me and talking like there was, I, I did a, my creator chat, which is where like I'm in a room with twelve people, and uh, we're just talking. Like they're asking me questions. They're like aspiring podcasters or podcasters themselves, um, and we're just talking about what I do. And they're asking me questions. It was really interesting. Um, it was exa- this was like really exhausting because I had to fill every second. Like if people weren't talking, I had to be talking, and I had to be thinking of things to say. Like it was just this. Like I couldn't allow any awkward silence, right? Because everyone's focused on me like i'm expected to do that and i've done some stuff like this before where like you are so i've done something i did something like this at the release notes conference they did this thing called the diner round where you where they have their speakers go on dinners like which with attendees like all the attendees go to a dinner and there's one speaker at every dinner and they split everybody across the city and so like in your group you're the person that everybody wants to speak to or you're the person whose responsibility is for everybody to have an interesting time so it, was, it reminded me of that like i just had to keep talking and keep talking and keep thinking of stories to tell if everybody had run out of questions and i enjoyed it it was good um that i enjoyed that a lot there was a really i had a really really nice group of people um who had it was a great mix between like i have a podcast and i have questions and i'm interested in podcasting and i want to know more about it so i enjoyed mm-hmm. that a lot but when i left that just randomly like i just people just kept stopping me and like i I had to be somewhere and i couldn't get away so like it it totally happened to me too but not in the level of like there is 50 people here wearing cosplay of my show and i can't get away from them and that was definitely the way it was for some people that were there like wild because some of the shows that were that were um on the main stage where there's like three thousand chairs right if you've got a main stage show, like two thirds of the attendees could be there to watch your show and they're going wild for it. Like I'll talk about some of the shows that I got to see there, but it, that's how it was. Right. So you could walk around and like, there might be 1,500 people that know who you are and you're going to see them. And a lot of those people will talk, want to talk to you. So they had to have like security kind of to help some people get back. I was mostly fine. Like I, I didn't really need security. I, I didn't need security at all actually. I was mostly fine. For me, it was just like if I had to be somewhere, like and they got to just speed you up. But, but my signing was the the biggest kind of. I'm running through all of this. Um, you can stop me wherever you want, but mm-hmm. my signing was the most um, overwhelming thing. Uh, you kind of behind this black curtain, right? And 
and you go out and there's just all these people there and I had no idea what to expect and the like the volunteers were saying like that they they didn't basically didn't think that I was going to have that many people because they didn't they didn't really know about no one really knew about me um which was a really funny thing like nobody <laughs> I would like introduce myself like hi I'm like oh, you know, someone say like what show do you do or whatever and I'll say oh I own a podcast network called Relay FM they're like oh what's that about it's like oh it's about like we have most shows about technology and they'd be like oh cool <laughs> right like it just wasn't what was there you know like it was big YouTube personalities or like big storytelling shows or shows that have casts right like mm-hmm. and so like the stuff that I do was kind of it well our shows would be a fringe of that for sure. Like they didn't really, there weren't, they, there weren't many other people that make shows like ours there. So I don't think that they really knew what to expect. And my signing was significantly more busy than anybody, including me and them expected. Uh, the poster bribery 100% worked. Yeah. And that was super were, clever. Yeah. It was a good idea. Uh, I was, re- I mean, really the idea was, based upon the fact of like if anybody comes to my signing i have nothing to sign like i don't produce things that can be signed so that was the main reason i did it and then i realized that oh i could actually bribe people to come with this and uh that totally worked so yeah um the the signing was incredible i was slow i was way too slow like they had to keep speeding me up because I was taking too much time with people and like I had a time limit and I was like making the I was making the volunteer very nervous like the person who was administering the whole thing like she's getting people up to to come because everybody sat down on seats which is a nice way of doing it rather than having people in like a snaking line right so they all sat down on seats like almost audience style and then she would bring people up like a line at a time and they would line up and come see me and I was like, I wanted to like talk to everyone and I was writing everyone like a little personalized message, you know, um, and that was that was turned out to be a bad idea. I didn't know. Nobody told me how to do it. Right. Like, I had no <laughs> idea what to do. I just got there and was like, OK, I guess I'll sit down at this table. Like I wasn't really sure what to do. And I got like I was reading people's names, like their name badges, which was good. So I could like write their names and then like write them a little message and. It was nice, but then I was screwing it all up and she was like, you have to hurry up. And then I had to just basically just start signing the posters. So I've learned a valuable lesson. Don't talk um, to people. For next time. Well, I I limit it. So like I can maybe say something to somebody, but not then also write them out a personal message on the poster. That was the problem. The writing on the posters was the problem. That was taking too much time. Like I wasn't writing War and Peace, but like sure. me think me talking to somebody for long enough to think of something unique to write on the Yes, Doug, famous tough in the chat room. Famous tough, says <laughs> Doug. This is the firstest of first world problems is me complaining about the speed of my signing. But I figured people might want to know. Doug was there, actually. So thank you, Doug, for being in the audience um at my signing. Doug Doug was part of a group of people who were my like if nobody shows up, you have some people group which was very nice <laughs> that, that is i a had good a friend. small group of people that were there but it turned out that like it was it was it was crazy casey i've it's a life moment i had a life moment um i couldn't believe it like i really really couldn't believe it and i'm never gonna forget it because it was the first time i've ever done it and it 
far exceeded my expectations as to what I could have possibly imagined happening. So it was it was wonderful. It was really wonderful. That is super awesome. I'm I'm really glad it went well. I mean, I didn't I didn't think it was going to go poorly, but I if I were to wager a guess, and I, and I don't mean this in, in a bad way, I would have figured there was you know your group that is you know friends or or you know people that are acquaintances that you can rely on, right? There, there's the reliable crowd, and I thought there was of course going to be that group, and maybe like that group again once over. So if your reliable crowd of the Doug Beals of the world was ten people or even twenty or thirty people, I would have guessed you would have had you know another 10 20 or 30 people for a total of like 50 or 60 people but it sounds like oh no it was quite a bit more than that yeah i don't know how many it was but i would wager it was closer to 100 than anybody expected 100 was the maximum i could have apparently um and i was told and i will not name names because that is uncouth but there were podcasters there that are vastly more successful and have much wider audiences than i do who I have more people than. Um, and again, this is due to poster bribery. Um, and also, <laughs> I think, again, again, like, thank you. If you're a listener who was there, like, thank you so much. I think a part of it as well is because I was so concerned about it, people made a point of coming. And I really, really, really appreciate that. And I won't take advantage of that. Like, if I ever do this again, I'm not going to be, like, wringing my hands for three weeks beforehand, right? Like, but I think people knew I was really concerned about this. So maybe made a little bit more of a concerted effort to come by, which I really appreciate. And that's what makes me kind of, I'm disappointed in myself that I, I, I didn't get to spend the time with people that I wanted to. Um, because also as well, they like take you away from those, which was actually the good thing. I couldn't speak to anybody for like, I had to just go and sit on my own for a while because I was like emotionally drained. Um, but yeah, it was, it was wonderful. It really was wonderful. That's super cool. What a, what an unbelievably crazy moment that is in a good way. Like, I just, I can't imagine like the closest I think I have is, is, you know, probably walking on stage for the talk show which was the first time that there were people that really were there to see everyone but me, but could have been there to see me, you know? And so um, that, and that was a truly surreal moment to be walking out into this room. And for, for that, you know, the room was so dark and there's all these lights in your face and people are cheering like for you. That's the weirdest feeling ever. But again, like it's not the same because for that I was, one of four people on stage and certainly then if not now the least high profile of the four of us right like i was still at that point sort of the other guy and and so i can't imagine what it would be like for you to have all these people unequivocally unabashedly there to see you how awesome and how flattering is that overwhelming is is the answer to that question is what it is um it was wonderful just a wonderful, wonderful experience. Um, and yeah, I, I loved it. I want to talk to you about some other stuff, though. Yes, please. But before we do, let me thank Linode for their support of this show. Linode has fast and powerful hosting options that you can get set up in seconds. Their tools are easy to understand, and they let you choose your resources at Linux Distro, giving you the power and flexibility that you need. And their plans start at just $5 a month to get you a Linux server with one gigabyte of RAM in the Linode cloud. Whether you're getting started with your first server or deploying a complex, huge system, Linode is the right choice for you. 
They offer the fastest hardware and network with fantastic customer support, and it's never been easier to launch a Linux cloud server. They guarantee 99.9% uptime for server availability. Once your server is up, they endeavor to keep it that way come rain or shine. Linode is great for tasks like hosting large databases, running a mail server, operating powerful applications, and so much more. You can get a server with 1GB of RAM for just $5 a month, or go all the way up to 16GB of RAM for $60 a month. As a listener of this show, if you sign up at linode.com slash analog, you'll be supporting this show and also getting yourself $20 off any Linode plans. If you sign up for the 1GB uh, of RAM plan for the server, you get four months. That's pretty great, right? You can just go try it out for multiple months, see if it's right for you, and I'm sure it will be. And they have a seven-day money-back guarantee anyway, so there's absolutely nothing to lose. So go to linode.com slash analog to learn more, sign up, and take advantage of that $20 credit, or use the promo code analog2017 at checkout. Thanks so much to Linode for their support of this show. So you met a lot of people when you were there, right? Yeah, a lot of people. And you saw a performance of My Brother, My Brother, and Me. Is that right? Yep. I saw The Adventure Zone and My Brother, My Brother, and Me and a panel of The Adventure Zone, like, which were amazing. Like The Adventure Zone and Bim Bam, two of my favorite shows. The Adventure Zone is my favorite show. Um, and to be able to see those live was awesome. Like The Adventure Zone was great. It was in like a, a theater in Tacoma, and that was really awesome. Um, and we, me and Brian went out there together and we had a great time. My brother, my brother and me was in the main stage at PodCon. So there, there was maybe somewhere between like, I would say like 1500 and 2500 people there. I have no idea how many people were in the room, but it was, it was pretty full and people were just losing their freaking minds. It was like a rock concert. And that's what I, I've, <laughs> I've wanted to go to see an episode of Mabim Bam live because, their live shows that they record always sound that way. Like people were just going wild. And so was I like screaming and shouting. And like, it was, it was so much fun. And I was super happy to see those. It was like one of the reasons I went was not just to participate, but also to see my favorite shows, which made me feel like a podcast attendee, honestly, as much as a, um, like a creator, like there was like this, as a, as somebody who was part of the whole thing, I could go and sit in like the front rows and like preferred seating and all that kind of nonsense. Probably go oh, backstage if fancy. I wanted to, but I didn't do that. I just sat it, where I would have sat with some friends, and just every time I was attending something, I was just enjoying it like somebody who was attending because I kind of could, I could get away with it. So I did, and and I enjoyed that a lot because I didn't want to. Uh, when I was seeing like Mabim Bam, I wanted to be sitting with my friends who love Mabim Bam too, so we could have fun together, right? That was what I wanted to do, and I'm super, super happy about it. Yeah, that makes sense. You're you're a good man, Charlie Brown. So seeing Mabim Bam, pretty good. Oh, it was so good. But I want to talk about the Macroys. I want to talk about the Macroboys. So there is a phrase. Now, let me to explain this. You have to let me explain this. Never meet your heroes. It's mm-hmm. a phrase mm-hmm. um, that people use a lot. And typically, when they use it, what they're trying to do is say, like, oh, I met this person and they were a jerk, right? That that tends to be what people are trying to explain when they say, never meet your heroes. But I kind of see it in a different way. And, like, and I think about it in regards to this as a, a way of, like, something that you hope could possibly happen not happening. Like... I'm not going to be become best friends with these people, right? But like my my wildest imagination 
will make me think, will like, you know, will think like, oh, they'll meet me and they'll realize how cool I am, right? <laughs> and then we'll be best friends forever. Now, again, I would just like to uh, remind everybody of the analog cone of silence. These things, they stay between us. Remember that, listener. But like, obviously that, that, that didn't happen. Like, and I had great interactions with everybody that I met including the McElroy brothers, which I was so excited about. I got to sit in these areas, in these groups, and talk to these people, right? And I had some great interactions with them and was able like, to talk to them as a peer, and I thoroughly enjoyed that. And, and I got to say some of the things I wanted to say about how I feel about their work, but I didn't say everything I wanted to say. And this wasn't through me chickening out. It was more through me assessing the situations that I was in and acting accordingly, that like there were times when I maybe wanted to say, you inspire me so much, but like it didn't feel like that we were in the right environment for that. So I didn't say some of that stuff. And I don't regret that because I feel like I made the right decision in that moment that like it would have just been too much. Like people mm -hmm. most of the time were in that room to relax and to get away from some of that stuff, you know? Yeah. And yeah. I, so I didn't want to be the fan who'd snuck in. So having those interactions, you know, being able to just to talk to people who you respect so much and to, to share conversations where like people seem genuinely interested in you, um, that was great. Like I enjoyed that thoroughly. I mean, and I got to hang out with some, you know, I have a friend who's very popular, Aaron Mankey, um, who hosts a show called Law. And me and Aaron actually worked together years and years ago for quite some time. So it was amazing to hang out with him and to hear about the great successes that he's having. And we, we've remained close. So like we got to hang out a bunch and that was amazing. And, you know, I got to meet like Hank and John Green, the vlog brothers as well. And there were loads of just super interesting people there. Right. So I got to have those interactions, which were amazing. Like I got to be like a stowaway in this <laughs> different podcast industry because I didn't fit in Casey. Like, but it's okay. Like the conversations that these people are having, you know, they're not, it's not like us. Like all of these people have like books and like some of them are working on TV shows and stuff like that because of their podcasts. So like Ugh, getting to wild. be in those situations and like listening to these people talk about this stuff is very different, right? And like people are talking about their agents and, and I'm like, I'm sitting there and I'm like, wow, this is a different world. And honestly, right, some of these shows don't have bigger audiences than our shows. It's just a different world. Yeah, that makes like, sense. Some of these shows are very comparable, but we're doing different things. And so it's not attractive in in these worlds and not that i really want it like I, I don't want to write a book like there is no book in me but it was it was super interesting to be able to be a part of this like different side of our industry i i, I don't even know how else to compare it right like is it like this if like comedians on tv and drama actors on tv are together i don't know what it's like right but or maybe like if you work in a big company and like you're in the marketing team and you go and speak to somebody in like the legal team. It's like you you you're all in the same boat, but you live very different lives. Like and <laughs> that your day to day challenges are very different based upon the fact that like 
what you do is in the same area as me, but very different to me. Maybe yeah, like yeah. um investment banking and retail banking, right? Like it's all banking, but they're nowhere near the same. And that's kind of how it felt to me. Like I didn't fit in and I was trying and it was really awkward at times, like because there would be groups of people talking and I had to like decide am I gonna go and try and push my way into this conversation or am I gonna sit in the room on my own? Right? Like and it was it was trying for me and i'm actually really happy that i went on my own in this stuff because if i would have had somebody with me i wouldn't have pushed myself to to go and talk to people and i honestly i believe there are a lot of people there who i have laid the foundations for relationships with and that was really beneficial to me and i'm really really pleased that i did that um i have a regret there is a thing that i wish i would have done I didn't do it. I'm not going to say what it is. Um, it was a very simple thing. And, and just like, you know, when you look back at something and you're like, I wish I would have done this instead. Like mm-hmm. I, I decided not to do something and I wish I would have done it. Um, and it is a great learning experience. You know, I didn't upset anybody. It was just a purely a me thing. Like a, how could I have done this differently? Um, and uh, I, yeah, I, there was something I could have done differently and I wish I would have done it differently. Uh, but it was a learning experience for me because now in the future, um, I'll know how to approach these things differently. So yeah, I feel like I've grown a little bit as a person because of this experience um, in an interesting way. So yeah, it was very good. That's really, that's really awesome. And I'm really glad it went as well as it did. And I'm really glad that meeting your heroes sounds like it was okay. Well, if not great, it was all know? good. Like yeah. it was all good, but of course it doesn't go the way. Like we're not like, ha ha, walking out arm in arm. We're gonna be friends forever. Freeze frame. Like <laughs> this is how my imagination tells me these things are gonna go, but it doesn't go like that. But when I think about it logically and not emotionally, it went way better than it should have. That's awesome, right? And that's that's something to be really proud of, right? Or thankful yeah. for, if not proud of. Yeah, so I'm 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 pleased. I'm very pleased with how the whole thing went. Well, that makes me super happy. And so you have the McElroy brothers on speed dial at this point. Today's show is also brought to you in part by our friends over at App Optics. Application monitoring shouldn't break the bank. App Optics is a next-gen application performance management system built specifically to help developers and DevOps teams trace distributed transactions through complex environments. AppOptics includes broad APM language support with auto-instrumentation, simple and easy-to-use infrastructure monitoring, which is all built in, and it's all supported by a large and open community. Their plans start at just $7.50 a month, and you can learn more at appoptics.com analog. That's A-P-P-O-P-T-I-C-S dot com slash analog. Their plans start at just 7 dollars and 50 cents a month go check it out today that is appoptics.com slash analog thank you so much to app optics for their support of this show all right so anything else about uh vidcon no vidcon geez podcon yeah, sorry you. podcon nope podcon podcon is done uh well i will say one thing actually i got a gift from somebody oh uh, 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 a person named kendra and kendra gave me a firefly graphic novel that Ooh. explains books backstory 
Oh, I've heard very, very good things about this. I truly know nothing about it other than that I really should have read it like five years ago. And I'm looking forward to digging into it. I haven't started it yet. This is going to be an after the holiday rush is over um, thing for me. But it's written by well, it's written by the Whedon brothers, which I think is very normal for the way that comics are done when Joss Whedon does comics. Mm-hmm. So it is as official as it can be. So uh, I am very interested in this because that was one of the, the biggest question marks for me um, was was books backstory. And I'll say no more because I don't want to get into spoiler territory, but. Uh, yeah, that, thank you, Kendra, for that for that gift. I got I did get quite a few gifts. It was very nice. Oh, look at you! Actually, uh, I forgot about this. I have a little bit of uh, follow up. I got a gift as well. Um, not at PodCon, but I got a gift. Um, listener Scott reached out to me and said, "Hey, uh, you, a while back, you had mentioned that you kind of wanted to get a Pride band, and then, as far as I know, it never really worked out." Well, I have a cousin brother friend aunt uncle whatever that works at the apple store and i kind of put them on notice hey if you ever get a pride band or i think i think he might have said two pride bands because he wanted one for himself uh can you go ahead and uh, snag it for me and sure enough this cousin friend uncle aunt former roommate whatever uh came through and scott emailed me and said hey you know i hope this doesn't come across as creepy but i i got this thing and if you if you want, I'll ship it to you or, you know, ship it to like a local UPS store or your work or whatever. You know, it was funny. I forget how, how he phrased it, but he was like, I didn't really think through what it's going to sound like for you to have a stranger say, can I ship something to your home? But, you know, whatever you're comfortable with, I'm happy to do it. I just thought it would be a nice thing to do. And it I has was, been on my long list, like my Sunday maybe list for a while to set up a P.O. box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally Just so nobody has to feel awkward because I get that too. People are like, I want to send you a thing. But, like, where do I send it? Like, you can tell people don't want to ask for your home address. Yeah. And honestly, neither should you be giving it out, right? Sure. So, like, I've been meaning to get a P.O. box sorted out. I'm, yeah. that's, that, I'm going to do that at some point. And that's what I've used my work address for because although I don't talk about my employer on any of my shows or, or on my website or anything – it's not like it's a state secret. I just don't like to advertise it. And so generally speaking, I would have just used my employer's address. But in this case, I knew it was going to arrive when I was at my end of year break, which we'll probably talk about in just a minute. And uh, and so I had I had Scott actually, because of his idea, to ship it to a local UPS store. And it came in. And I just wanted to acknowledge, like, it is a rare occurrence to have a dear friend have the wherewithal to think you know, oh, I remember when Mike said he really wanted a set of AirPods. That's a terrible example, but I can't think of a better one. Uh, wanted a set of AirPods, and they've been out of stock forever. I bet you I can get it, get my hands on one before he can. I'm going to see what I can do and try to remember that, and then I'm going to send them to Mike, and he'll be really happy. And regardless of the if, if the AirPods cost $0.05 cents or $500, the point is just that, you know, me having the wherewithal to think of you in that way and then orchestrate acquiring the airpods much less shipping mm-hmm. them to you right like friends don't do a good job of doing that to each other much less and i mean this not in a in a flippant way but but what is effectively a stranger right so i was i was and remain super floored that that scott uh, had the presence of mind to set all that up was willing to spend whatever obscene amount of money apple charges i think it's like 50 bucks that apple charges for uh, for a watch band and uh, and send it my way that was extremely kind uh, of scott and, and also very kind of Kendra as well to bring you that graphic novel. So mm-hmm. I am I am not soliciting gifts. Mike is not soliciting gifts. We're not trying to say that. All we're trying to do is acknowledge when somebody went out of their way to do something super nice for 
I mean, really, we're strangers to them as much as they're strangers to us, right? So that that's a super kind thing to do, and it gives me hope that the world isn't completely screwed. So when is your next car video coming out? Uh, it's funny you say that. So the last couple of weeks of the year, which we're a couple of days into the first of those weeks, um, I am off of work because I have taken vacation time. And just yesterday, I was rifling through my GoPro bag, starting to get all... Actually, speaking of gifts, somebody uh, sent me a, a not brand new, but not old GoPro because they weren't using it anymore, which was super kind of them. Um, but anyways... Uh, I was rifling through my GoPro bag and I put uh, a couple of batteries on chargers. And so I plan to start filming for that this week. Releasing for that, I don't know. There is not a Cars and Coffee this Saturday, if I recall correctly. That is correct. And I'll be out of town anyway. The 30th of December, there is a Cars and Coffee. So we'll see if I score like a, uh, uh, what you call them? What is that thing? A gimbal. I will see if I score a gimbal. I'll be one of those one of those idiots walking around Cars and Coffee with a gimbal or maybe just without the gimbal. But um, I do plan on filming for Aaron's car over the next few days i sincerely doubt i'll be able to get anything out before the end of the year but i am starting to hop back on the wagon which is i know what not what you want to hear i want you i know you want to hear oh yes i'm already editing in final cut but i'm i'm pleased with the fact that i'm jumping back on the wagon already so so that that to me is a good sign okay at this point you can beat me up no you've got you've got something in the hopper Uh, so that's what you decided to go for then yeah, I think it makes the most sense because my car, I'm, I, I do love my car when it's functioning properly, but I feel like it's that those times are so few and far between, which isn't reality. The reality is most all, it, it probably has like a 95%, you know, functional, uh, I can't think of the way to phrase this, but like 95% of the year it does work. It's just 5% of the year it doesn't work and boy, does it fail spectacularly. And so because I'm so grumpy with my car, I don't really want to do that. Plus, it's an older car, which in and of itself isn't a problem. But I think the a brand new, you know, Volvo SUV on a which is only the second year, or maybe I guess with the 2018s out now, the third year of that being a thing. I think that's more interesting. Well, the thing is, though, it depends like on what you're attempting to produce. Like your car is interesting because your car is a is a it is a cult joke. Classic hit, <laughs> right everybody knows casey's car yeah yeah yeah. casey's got the white bmw mm-hmm. right like and also i think it could be quite entertaining because you could talk about how many things have gone wrong with the car and show people kind of like this is where this explodes <laughs> i think it could be a fun video because you could but you would be approaching that one a little bit more tongue-in-cheek sure. and i think that could be i think you should do that eventually oh, I, I will i will um because it, casey's white car like that's the car right like mm-hmm. that's that's what everybody knows you for, especially considering right now, as you say, you are really making videos for your existing audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Play into that a little bit. You're, you're right, and I probably should lean into it. But I think I think what I want to do is I want to do Aaron's car next, and then I am tentatively scheduled to have another loaner toward the end of January, which is a much less exciting loaner, like the particular model of car is interesting for sure and worth doing a video of for sure, but it is not quite the exotic extravaganza that was the um, the uh, Julia. And so I am trying, my hope is I will get at the very least everything filmed, but preferably everything actually released for Aaron's car prior to that arriving at the end of January. Probably won't end up working out, but that's the hope. 
But you've got something a bit more serious. Oh, do I ever. So We're in like T-minus yeah. right now, surely. Yeah, as yeah. of, I believe today, Erin is officially considered full-term. I think that's right. I am probably got that a little bit wrong. But um, she's 37 weeks, uh, full-term pregnancy, like, uh, or a... Uh, I, I forget what the dividing lines are, but suffice to say, like a full pregnancy is considered 40 weeks and she's at 37. And generally speaking, in, in America, at least once you hit 37, it's not like a red alert scenario when the baby's born. I mean, well, it's always kind of a red alert, but you know what I mean? Like, it's not, oh, my God, this baby should not be coming out right now. Oh, my God. Can we keep the baby in? You know, it, it's a lot less dramatic once you hit about 37 weeks. And so naturally we are trying to keep that baby inside Aaron for as long as possible. Um, it very well could be by the time this episode is released, I will have a second child. You never know. Like we are really in the danger zone at this point in a, in a good way. Um, I am hopeful that danger we will. Zone. <laughs> I am hopeful, Kenny, that we uh, last at least through the the holidays, at least through the twenty fifth. So, you know, I would I would not want to have my birthday. Oh man, you're having a Christmas baby. Mm-hmm. I mean, just well, realize that. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, it really could happen man. any moment now, and so I already feel sorry for your baby. That's the thing. Like, if we had any choice in the matter, I feel so terrible for poor Sprig. If we had any choice in the matter, this would not be the time of year that we would have this kid. But when beggar, I feel you great know, for you you though because well, it's cheaper that way isn't it isn't that how these things well, work out yeah, right so they everyone don't get double the gifts they get half well there's that and like all the all the particularly the men that i speak to about this are like oh man you're gonna get a tax break if she pops this year and i'm like dude i don't care no i want that a thing yeah because you get another dedu- or another dependent which means you get a lot more credit so they give you a lot more money back sort of i'm way oversimplifying but basically your tax burden goes down as the number of children you have goes up because i know it's expensive so, but why does the time of year help? Because that? I've been removing taxes on the expectation that we are a three-person family for the entire year. Uh, but, but when the tax bill actually comes, it counts for the whole year that we were a four-person family for the whole hey, year. Hey, I mean, you can't knock that kind of thing, Casey. Like, I, I know it's not a thing, but like, that's a good, that's a nice little Christmas bonus it, it for is, Aaron. But I will right? absolutely give that bonus money back if I could. <laughs> you know, I'd rather, I'd rather, <laughs> I'd rather just wait till the new year. And the other thing is actually coincidentally that my employer. So it, remember, in the United States, we are effectively a third world country when it comes to parental leave. And so um, per, uh, dads get no guaranteed legally obligated parental leave. And in fact, it is rare for a parent or for, I'm sorry, for a father to get any sort of, of parental leave, paid time off that is that is, quote unquote, free. That doesn't come from your normal vacation allotment. And, or holiday allotment, if you're Mike. Um, and so to get anything is rare. Today, if Erin pops anytime between now and the 31st, I'll get two weeks of parental leave. But if she pops at 12.01 in the morning on New Year's Day, I will get three weeks because we're changing our policy in 2018 at, at my particular <laughs> employer. So they got to grandfather you into nope, that. I mean, like, nope. come on. I asked. They oh, said, come on. And the funny thing is, so since I'm off the next, the last two weeks of the year, it's not like I would take, like, I've already used my vacation just time. Just don't tell them. Well, that's what I should do. Is just, lie, <laughs> you just, but, just don't tell them till January 1. Yeah. What are you going to do? What are you gonna do? Well, no. who knows? But anyway, <laughs> so the point is, if she can hold on until January 1, then I will get three weeks of leave. But I actually kind of wanted to talk about this uh, briefly. I have actually orchestrated and, and figured out with work that I am taking a sort of kind of a sabbatical in the beginning of the new in, in the beginning of the year, basically once Aaron pops. So 
I've arranged with work that once Aaron has our baby, um, I am going to basically not be at work ever between the time that that baby is born in roughly the beginning of March. And I don't know if I've even told Mike this. Holy moly. Yeah. So the good news is, even though we do have completely barbaric rules when it comes to compulsory leave, the good news is we do have the Family Medical Leave Act, I believe it is, FMLA, which basically says if you have a child, you can take up to like 12 or 16 weeks leave. Now, that may or may not be paid, but you can take up to 12 or 16 weeks leave, something along those lines. And your employer can't, you know, fire you or lay you off just because you are gone. Does that make sense? So yep. they don't have to pay me. And in fact, my work will not be paying me for a lot of that time, most of that time, in fact. But nevertheless, they also can't get rid of me on account of, you know, me being on the sleeve. And so it is possible when I walked out of the, when I walked out of the office Friday afternoon, uh, which would be Friday the um, 15th, it is possible that I will not return to that office until, you know, whatever the first weekday is in March, which is a really weird thing because this is the longest quote-unquote vacation I've had since I graduated from college and started working in, in late 2014, or excuse me, late 2004. And it's not going to be a vacation really because a new baby is anything but a vacation, but I am really looking forward to having this time off. And even though I will be swamped with keeping Declan from having meltdowns about the fact that he now has to share us and, and I will be swamped by keeping a brand new infant alive who can do nothing for itself. I am looking forward to having this time to not only be at home with the family, but also potentially scratch some creative itches if I can like the car videos, for example. So We'll see how it goes. Uh, the good news for Mike, which I'm sure he already thought about, is that as we record this show, it is quite more likely that we can do that at regular human oh, hours. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, but I might only get like two, depending on how the calendar set up. <laughs> well, that's right? true. It's not like, you know. Well, but you're getting a best thing. Yeah, because normally Mike records at midnight his time, starts recording at midnight his time. Today we're doing it early because I'm in my end of year uh, vacation. And the next one or two, to Mike's point, might also be earlier in the day because I will hopefully. Uh, be on vacation, but we'll see how it goes. But I am, I am super, super stoked for Sprig to get here. I just really want him or her to hold on until like the second of January. Once the second, I hits, can't believe you don't know the sex. I cannot believe mm, that you two have gone all this way. I can't either. Do both of you not know still. As far as I'm aware, Aaron is not lying to me, and I cannot know. believe that you have been able to hold out. Like, yeah, bravo. Me neither. Like, to both of you, I couldn't do that. Well, and we didn't for Declan. Don't forget. But I, I think. You know, Aaron and I are super type A. We're super anal retentive. We always like to have all our T's crossed, our I's dotted. dotted. We like to have backup plans to the backup plans and then backup plans to the backup plans to the backup plans. Like, this is very not our style. But as I think I've said a couple times on the show, like, if all goes according to plan, this is it. And so I just, I think I really wanted not to find out and Aaron was kind of 50-50 about it. And that's why when we had the ultrasound, we, you know, we said, well, why don't you put it in an envelope? In this case, if we change our minds, we'll be okay. And to, I mean, I haven't looked for that envelope in a long time, but I certainly haven't opened it. And to the best of my knowledge, Aaron hasn't either. So I'm surprised we held out. I'm surprised that our families haven't given us more grief. Like neither side is particularly thrilled about it, but they're both, they're both okay with it. And so um, I'm looking forward to it. And I'm, I'm hopeful that, you know, Aaron has an, as easy a delivery as can be, even if it is tomorrow. Um, 
I'm hopeful that, you know, the baby is healthy. I'm hopeful that Declan does as well as a three-year-old can with adjusting to it. I hope that we adjust as best we can to it. Uh, we are not 100% ready. I think all the like true, honest-to-goodness essentials are done, but some things that we'd prefer to have done aren't. So as a silly example, there's blinds in the baby's room, but there's no shades. So you can never make it like super-duper dark in the middle of the day. Um, we had ordered a nightstand forever and a day ago, but it came damaged, and we've been arguing with the, with the retailer to try to get the pieces we're missing for like two months now so we don't have a nightstand we don't have a lamp in there we have an overhead light like a fan and a light combo but we don't have a lamp so it's stupid stuff like that that we haven't figured out oh and we only have a girl's name so <laughs> if uh if you have a boy's name that you'd like to recommend perhaps michael i guess <laughs> then let me know um we well, don't have a boy's my name. favorite i mean i'll give it to you because nobody will let me use it is maximilian it's not bad. It's not bad. I love that. I love that name because, look, again, I'm just going to say this, right? I want to be able to give my children the ability to have a name framework in which they can choose a nickname from mm. and the ability to call yourself legitimately Million is very exciting, I think. <laughs> but nobody else will go along think, with me on this Think further one. through this, though. If I was named Maximilian, what am I going to be, Millionless? It's brilliant. Millionless? Come on. That's brilliant. Oh, come on. It's brilliant. I don't know about that. It sounds so good. Mm-hmm. All right, so anyway, so enough baby talk. Tell me about the wedding. How's that going? It's fine. I mean, it's Christmas, right? So, like, there's not a ton of stuff happening. I feel like we're perpetually late, like, but our <laughs> planner keeps telling us that we've got everything well in hand, but I just feel like everything's late. One thing that is late is a well, could be, is our invitations. I want to have our invitations sent out in January and I'm working on it. Like, we're working on it. And I'm just, I'm just like, I'm anxious about it because I'm in control of this part. So, like, it's on me, right, um, to keep mm-hmm. to keep working on it. But we've got everything done. We have, I think we have some printers and it's going to get sent and we're going to get sent, everything sent out. We're toiling over guest lists still, you know. Like, oh, that's the worst. There are still, yeah, that, that's all happening. And my bachelor party is coming together. I know very little about it for choice, um, but I know when it is, where it is, and I have booked a plane ticket. Good, good. I like the sound of that. Yep. So I'm I'm very excited about that. Actually, you should. It should. It um, should be a lot of fun. Uh, as with all things, there is a slack for it. Um, for reasons, yeah, no, I'm not in it. I know. For reasons unbeknownst <laughs> to me, the officially blessed uh, theme, sidebar theme for this Slack, is truly and utterly offensive to my eyes in a way that I think okay. actually fits for for your personality because you tend to like these things. And I mean, this I, I tend way. to be offensive to no, your eyes. No, no, not that. Um, <laughs> only your beard. Just kidding. But uh, but no, it's 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 so happy go lucky and. Uh, its own thing in a way that that you are as well. And again, I, I think that sounds bad, but I mean it compl- in a complimentary way. Mike Hurley, he's his own thing. I like that. That's what a are, really good way of describing me. Yeah. Uh, what was it that Syracuse was going on about last night on ATP? Uh, the title of your autobiography is Mike Hurley, he's his own thing. Uh, really? Is that, a, is that a thing that occurred? Yeah, you'll, you'll understand. Oh, no. Well, no, no, not about you. It was in general, but you'll, oh, you'll understand. Oh, phew. Okay. It's not about me, though. No, 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 no. Anyway. Because right. I was like, Dennis is going to be this thing, and then people no, are going to be tweeting no, no, no. it to don't me worry, for six weeks. And... 
Okay, good. All right. So before we do our uh, computer science club, anything else about <laughs> uh, anything else about wedding, or can you just tell me about something else that's awesome? I don't. I don't have anything more really. I mean, I, my, well, I, actually, I paid a deposit on flowers today. Oh, good. Flowers, man. Yeah. Jeez. Oh, they're expensive. They're heinously expensive. What the hell? Mm-hmm. This is flowers. Yeah. Honestly, I feel like I've been saying this about everything so far, so I just need to get over it's myself. True. Like that I've already said this true. about chairs. Now I'm saying it about flowers. It, whatever it is next, I will say the same thing. Uh, weddings are a racket, but like you can choose. I mean, but we've chosen our path. I knew it was going to be like this, right? Because I've, I've got the I've got the pot. I know the budget, right? Like I know what our budget was. But still, every time I'm sending a payment to somebody, I think to myself, "What the hell? Why do flowers cost this much?" Well. I mean, we could get cheaper flowers if we wanted to, but we're not doing that. So, like, it's on us, really. You'll find that uh, the other way, the other thing that is exactly like this, if you, the moment you say wedding, just quadruple the price. doesn't matter what you're talking about, yeah. quadruple it. The other thing that's like that is baby. Or really even probably child. It's probably even not limited to baby, just any child. Because people assume, and probably rightly so, that that one would pay any sum of money for a good wedding day and one would pay any sum of money for a child. And so they just absolutely fleece you top to bottom, front to back. Mm-hmm. So RIP your wallet. Yeah. So why don't we, why don't we put a little bit more cheddar in there and uh, why don't you tell me about something that's awesome? Today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at Balance Open, a free open source Mac app for checking Coinbase. Coinbase is the popular marketplace for cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin and Ethereum. And Balance Open is the best open source digital wallet to help you keep track of everything. If you're not familiar with this stuff, it's totally cool. Balance wants to help teach you about cryptocurrencies, and they're going to do that by starting you on your way. The first 1,000 people that will go to bal.money slash relay after listening to this show will receive $2 in the Ethereum currency for free as a gift from Balance. That's bal.money, B-A-L dot money slash relay. Go check it out today. Find out more and try out Balance Opener. Thanks to Balance for their continued support of this show and Relay FM. All right, so let's uh, talk about Computer Science Club, and uh, we have a small turn of events. So do you want to tell us about what happened? Uh, We watched an entire series of a TV show, Mm -hmm. and every single time I came prepared with my notebook, you know, I'm good. There were times where I was like, oh, man, I'm so busy this week. Like, maybe I could just skip it. Like, one week. I skip one week. Never did. Every time. Uh, I didn't do my homework. I didn't watch it. I didn't watch. I didn't watch the, the video. Aww. I'm sorry. Now, I uh, you should know. I hope you didn't watch it because I did tell you. No, I did Well, I have seen it forever and a day ago, but I was going to absolutely rewatch it, and I did not rewatch it. So it it it, it was fine. So the next time that me and Casey are on a show together, we will be talking about <laughs> the first episode of the computer science crash course. We're going to watch the one episode, and then we'll decide if we're going to continue it. But the reason I, I I wanted to touch on just a little bit the reason why I didn't do it, and that is just like holiday overwhelmedness, because <laughs> that is where I am right now. Um, I am not uh, by once I leave for uh, Romania on Saturday, I won't be recording again until January third. So it's like ten days without mm. recording mm-hmm. so i have a bunch of shows that i'm pre-recording i'm recording 10 shows this week um, and also because we're about basically this week is by and large the last working week of the year 
Mm-hmm. So I also have a bunch of like business that has to be taken care of. So effectively, the problem is it's not a time problem because these videos are short. It is a Mike is looking at his to-do list and losing his flipping mind problem. <laughs> and sometimes my mental health is improved by just making the to-doist number go down by whatever means necessary. <laughs> so one of those was something that I'd been punting for multiple days in a row, which was watch the first episode of Crash Course. If I could just skip it, I would feel a lot better. And Casey allowed me to skip it. Um, so yeah, I'm just being sandwiched between a crushing holiday of like you're going away and there is limited time so yeah it's just i'm being just crushed between those two things right now fair enough no i'm glad you said happy holidays everyone (laughs) (laughs) i am glad you said something i'm glad that that you know at first i was like really this is actually i think it might have been 15 minutes but my first reaction was like it's not the time really but you said immediately before i could start like giving you you know giving you a whole bunch of grief about it uh you said pretty much immediately look i i know it's not a lot of time but i just need i i need the the stuff off my chest and or you know gotta gotta get those numbers down gotta get those numbers down so i am glad you said something i apologize to the listeners who did watch um you can either keep watching because you enjoy it. You can watch it again in a week or two or whenever it is I come back. But one way or another, we will definitely try it for the next time the two of us are recording the show together. Uh-huh. And it may be that we only watch the first episode and we say the heck with it. And that's that. Or it may be that Mike is intrigued enough that we go for a few episodes and then maybe we ditch it or you know any number of other approaches that we may take. So we'll see how it goes. But uh, apologies to the listeners that that did spend the time to watch it and our appreciation to you if you did spend the time to watch it but this time we just couldn't make it work so so sorry so you said you're traveling you're traveling to romania this is this your first away from home christmas yes oh that's bold that's bold my friend yeah i I mean we're doing the casey list approved method right Mm -hmm. We're, we're starting the christmas family swap Oh, I cannot tell you, know, you enough. I'm not being silly. I know. I'm dead serious. I, I cannot know. tell you enough how good how good an idea this is. We started it last year. Dina had spent Christmas with me, and now I'm going and um, spending Christmas with her family. We are going to be in Bucharest, which I'm excited about. Um, we're not going to be in Adina's hometown. She lives in a smaller town in Romania. Um, we're not going to be there, so I, I'm happy about that because we have a lot of friends in Bucharest that we'll be able to see and we're going to be staying in a hotel because I am allergic to cats uh, <laughs> all that kind of stuff so I'm good that should be a lot of fun so that's going to be better is it going to be with her family as well I assume it's not just you two right yeah her family's coming down I mean that wouldn't make any sense right just right? making like, sure we go to Romania and spend Christmas together yeah her fa- so she has some family in Bucharest and uh, then the rest of the family are coming it won't be a big thing it'll be a relatively small thing is my understanding but it's just going to be different, right? Like I'm, I'm. Everyone is super accommodating of me in a way that is not necessary, which always makes me feel very welcome. But there are just things that just aren't going to be the same. Like it's just not going to be my Christmas. Like I'm, I'm very apprehensive of it in a way because it's like I don't know what to expect. I don't know how it's going to feel. Like it's all just very strange. Like we already started opening Christmas presents. Because we can't take them. Oh, right, right, right. So we've opened a few already because it's like, well, I can't, I'm not going to take a suitcase full of gifts like for myself. 
Yeah. And then open them on Christmas Day. I've never done that before. You know what I mean? So it's like I always wait for Christmas Day to open my present. It's just all this stuff is just, mm-hmm. it's just really different for me. And I'm a creature of habit when it comes to this sort of stuff. And like I was the one, I believe, who suggested this. Like I'm doing this and this will be how we do it. I just need to do the first one so I know what it's like. You know? The first time is totally stinky. And I love Aaron's family. And they're super kind and super good to me. But the first one stinks. It stank for her to be with my family and it stinks for me to be mm-hmm. with her family for the first yeah, I mean it's at least the first time maybe even the first couple missed Christmases right so you know this is 2017 so you might in 2019 feel again like oh man I don't know about this but at, at the point in which we are now it's become so routine that it's not really unusual at all and what ends up happening is you you take or at least for me anyway I've taken not ownership, but I can't think of a better way to to phrase it, but I've taken some ownership of the Aaron's family traditions. And I can't think of anything. Oh, okay, here's a great example. Like they always do a really, really big, heavy breakfast on Christmas morning in a good way. Like, you know, pancakes or waffles and bacon and biscuits and like all sorts of stuff, right? And that is not a thing in my family. And that tradition is now kind of my tradition too to the point that I sort of kind of miss it when I'm with my family and there are things with my family that I'm that I miss when I'm with Aaron's family you know what I mean so it goes both ways but after a few of these times I think what will end up happening is you will always long for the other but always appreciate the one you've got so if you're with her family you're going to long to be with your your family of course you're going to long for a couple of traditions that, that your family does but you're going to be really amped about whatever crazy food it is that they serve at their christmas dinner you know or whatever the case may be so this one sucks for sure but i think you'll settle both of you will settle into it within the next couple of years yeah i get that i totally understand oh it still sucks right now and, though. and, and i agree it will probably be that way but the, the the thing for me is that every tradition I expect to be very different. I am going into a different culture, not just a different family. Right? Yeah, yeah. So you're talking about ha- having that breakfast. Mm-hmm. That's food you eat. You're just eating it at a different time. That's fair. Like, That's fair. This is like different food, right? <laughs> like, yeah. It's the same, same components, but different. Uh, so it's... It's just, you know, look, I don't, I really, I'm I'm not complaining. I don't want to complain. I'm just apprehensive and I'm like, I don't know what to expect. And it's like an unknown. Um, and I know I just need to do it. And I always enjoy it when I'm there. So I don't expect that to be any different. And the main reason we're doing it is because I would prefer to be in Romania and be with Adina at Christmas than be at home and not be with her like that's why i want to do this Mm -hmm. because i want to spend it with her that's the most important thing so if we have to go and have a non-english christmas somewhere like i'll live with it because ultimately i just want to be able to spend it with her no matter what it is i'm doing right that makes sense and i mean again i I, it's gonna suck there's no two ways about it it's gonna suck but i think i think you'll end up saying you know what there were things that i missed but by and large that wasn't bad you know what i mean and i know it will get easier once and if we have a family of our own, because mm-hmm. then everything is ours, right? Totally. No matter where we are, we do the our things. And I guess we just don't have those yet. Like, we've only spent one Christmas together, right? Like, we, we don't have our traditions yet. And I guess they will solidify over time. Yeah. So, yeah, it's going to be an interesting experience this year. 
Yeah, I, I'm I'm hopeful and excited for you because I I really do think you guys are going to really enjoy it. But it's going to be weird yeah. for sure. How long are you gone? Did you say? Uh, I'm going to be uh, gone for whew, how many days is it? Um, one five okay. five days. That's that's not insignificant. And how long's the flight? Are we talking like a couple hours? It's not you know like an overseas jaunt or anything. No, it's like, I don't know, like a three-hour flight. Okay, not bad. I mean, it's overseas well, because I live on an island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... You know what I mean, though. It's not like crossing an ocean or anything. Well, there is an ocean. Well, oh, there is... gosh. You know what I'm getting at. Good grief. It's a channel, I guess you'd call it. Mm-hmm. But uh, there is a big body of water that we're going across. How long would it take to train it? Would that be like an all-day affair to like channel and then catch a train? Old, it would be multiple days. Oh, is that right? Yeah, because you end up getting into a slow period. Right, like you will get to a point where you're not on the the Eurostar anymore, right? So, like, we'll get to a point, and it will be like, right now you're on to more local transport, so you're going on slow trains, not fast trains. Ah, uh, mm-hmm. okay. So, to give you just an example, I mean, I don't know where we would be connecting, but by train it takes eight hours to get from Medina's hometown to Bucharest. Oh, so like, gosh. if we have to like start in a different place like it's going to be a super long time i wonder if google maps could even do this probably not right i can't imagine that it's that good that it could work out how to get there okay so if uh if i'm going from home if i was uh driving it's 27 hours to drive hmm. and i'm trying the public transport Okay, one day and eighteen hours. Yeah, that's but a it's long like a, time. That's the, but that's like a bunch of coach stuff. It's not giving me anything with like fast trains on it. So, you know, it's it would take me a long time. It took me four hundred and eighty-two hours to walk. Oof! No, thank you. You sure you don't want to walk it with me? No, thanks. Okay, I'll pass. But I have to get. You have to. We have to get on a ferry though. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'm hopeful. I, I hope it's good. I think it will be. Um, I'm actually uh, kind of uniquely excited for my Christmas because if I'm not spending it in a hospital, um, my my two brothers from California are coming in. So um, this is, you know, I'm the eldest of three boys. Uh, one of the brothers is married and has a six month old. They live in the LA area and they're coming in with a six month old. And then the other is studying in the San Diego area, and he's coming in actually with his girlfriend, his long-term girlfriend, but girlfriend nevertheless. And so she's skipping her family's Christmas, which is kind of intense. And and I'm excited to see all of them. I'm excited to see the baby again. This is the baby that I saw briefly the night before WWDC. I, I flew into uh, San Jose. Is that right, San Jose? It doesn't matter. Um flew into there via LA, which is like not even close, but I spent a night with my brother in order to uh, meet his new baby and hang with his wife. And so I'm excited to see them again. And so everyone will be in town for the first time in years and years and years and years. And I'm super duper excited about that, assuming we can make it. It's about, you know, it's less than an hour away at my parents that this is all supposed to be happening, but we may very well be in the hospital. So we'll see how it goes, but I'm, I'm super excited. So I guess that just leaves us to say 
Happy holidays, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Hope you. I mean, we're both going to have very unique and different holidays. Yep. Filled with joy and nervousness and uncertainty. Um, so you can be thinking of us uh, when you're sipping sherry and eating mince pies, whatever it is that you do. <laughs> Something uh, like if that. If you are celebrating Christmas, if you are not, um, I hope that if there is any holidays uh, in your future over the next couple of weeks, that you enjoy them greatly. Um, even if it's just a case of having a couple of days off work. So um, have cheer and good times spread to all. Um, and we'll be back soon in a couple of weeks. I will be for sure. <laughs> we'll see Who knows me. where Papa Casey will be. Yep. All right. Well, have a have a great trip, sir. Happy holidays, everyone. Thanks for sticking with us for another year of Analog. Mm-hmm. And we'll we'll see you next year.